Hello, it's another episode. I'm very happy to be back and I'm very happy that you are back. Hey, now everyone's happy. It's, um, I don't know, man. It's one of those things which I find very strange, right? When I read the news, I try not to, uh, but then I'm like, oh, what do I do now? Okay, um, do I have a, a morning routine? Do I have uh, something to fill up my day? And then, you know, whatever. You, you, everywhere you go, if you want independent information being presented in a factual way, then you have to pay for a subscription and everyone's trying to get your time and your attention, right? Like the New York Times is like, yeah, if you want more of this, it's kind of like everyone's putting a barrier. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll give you three strokes, but if you want the full hand job, you need to pay, right? It's become that model, which the which the industry had um, in place many, many years ago uh, is now becoming for everything. So I'm like, fuck, man, I just want to read the full thing. And then you have Google News. So I'm like, what do you do? And when you do read the news, it's like, okay, what is true? What is not true? And it's really looking like a chaotic, um, unstructured textbook that you have to learn from because so it, it's it's literally like, what the fuck's going on? Like what the Prime Minister of England was caught with a drink in his hand during the lockdown at a party? Like, okay, I don't know all the details, but what the fuck are you talking about? And then you're like, oh, the Chinese tennis player, is she safe or unsafe? Then you hear about um, genocide or an attempt to genocide. I don't know what an attempt to genocide is, but you hear, and it's just like, what? And then, and then you hear about three new species discovered, five new species fucking extinct. Like, crazy. So, I'm just trying to figure out what what is, um, I mean, yeah, I, I I was listening to Joe Rogan after this controversy, right? Like after his entire sort of hubbalabaloo, um, whatever the word is, uh, all this entire outrage with his misinformation, all this nonsense that people are like, how could he do that? Like, dude, there's 1,500 episodes, man. You um, You pick what you want to listen to. And if that's not well-rounded, and I don't know what well-rounded is, right? Because you talk to everyone and anyone. And if he's uh, had the privilege of knowing important people in their field, fucking why not use it, right? Just because you didn't get a chance to be interviewed by him. Now stop whining like a little bitch going, I have a petition that is misinformation. And that's where people will find it. They will find that thing in your insecurity, your vulnerability. You go like, you know, these are perfect people, the perfect pawns for us to use to get our agenda um addressed and that's what these people have done with joe rogan and i really liked when i heard him back with this on this episode of the akash thing and he was like you know what dude fucking the offline world that's what matters and that's exactly what it is just uh this thing because you know i i i don't know I, i'm do i have the numbers on this podcast to be a threat to the establishment i don't think so but the people like you who are who are listening to it i'm so glad that you enjoy what i put out at least i hope you do uh because uh, yeah, there are some people who don't give a fuck and they'll just like, you know what, I like my fans and fuck anyone else who comes in the way. I don't know, man. It's just it's just too much noise, as I keep saying. But uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a weird place. And I, I think um, I'm, I'm figuring out more and more of this thing where you can use, um, I think a perspective shift which is important for anyone who feels like, what's the point, right? Because I think there's, there's pleasure and there's excitement and there's a benefit and I'm not pleased at the point uh, I'm not going to preach but I think I, I think I found a way to find pleasure in the things that I do it could be even I mean this podcast for sure but it could be even things like me trying to get back on the golf course right it's so fucking difficult because I I finally figured out how to make connection not make connections how to make good contact with the ball on the driving range mats and these are you know, mats, like, which have, like, a little bit of, like, afro, did I say afro? Fuck it. <laughs> no. I'm, um, 
astroturf that's that's astroturf astroturf and uh, or is a little bit of like whatever like uh, think i mean i'm going to get cancelled if i would be <laughs> and um it's it's one of those things which i got really proud of and then i went to the golf course three balls and it was just digging under the ground it's horrible so then i was like fuck is this the end of the road for my golf thing and then i came back and i was like no this is how you look at uh this activity as a way to learn about yourself don't get frustrated don't give up don't sort of take your uh, self worth into account this is just a game if it means you play badly it doesn't mean you're a bad person it's good things to have and good things to remind yourself through these activities whether it's whatever sport you play whether it's a walk you like to take whether you're waking up it's a change you make like i used to wake up at 9 now you can wake up at 6 whatever drive i think as opposed to using these massive kind of indicators of how you are as a person and how your benchmarks are being evaluated by yourself just keep i think reminding yourself that you can enjoy and i think the simple things in life i think a lot of people and a lot of greater men and women before me have said this but on that note i'm going to keep this short because i have a lovely person joining me on the podcast today as you could tell from the title mr atul kathri i know the man i know the gentleman for quite a few years i Well, privilege to call him a friend, and um, he's a lovely human being, and he's done really, really well for himself in the space, uh, entertainment space. From stand up, he's sort of branched out. He's done a little bit of acting. Uh, he's done a little bit of ads. I don't know. Uh, he'll tell you why he did that. But he's done a bunch of things, and his uh, outlook on life is something which I think all of us can uh, learn from. And I think he's a very excited young man who uh, goes about his day, and I think. I think he spreads joy to whoever he meets. I think that's one thing about Atul I really admire, and a lot more besides that. We talk about where he is, where he was, where he's going, the things he's up to, and I'm really glad that he's on the Soapy Rao show. So thank you, Atul, and thank you for listening. And you're in for a great conversation. And as always, do share this with someone you think will, who you think will. Oh, what's wrong with me today? Do share this with someone who you think will appreciate it and like. I don't know. Is that the right way to say it? Do share it with someone you think will like the conversation, and um, I appreciate it as always. Uh, till the next time, goodbye. God bless. I even forgot to do the kiss properly. Cheers, and catch you on the other side. Take care. Bye. Mr. Atul Khatri. So good to have you on the podcast, my friend. How are you? Thank you, Mr. Sopi Rao. How are you doing? <laughs> good, man. I'm so glad that you know I uh, got you to get on the podcast, and in such short notice, it's amazing. Like you know, people who are one percent as popular as you don't reply to emails. They're like, "Sorry, how many listeners do you have?" But you were like, in an instant, were like, "Dude, I'm on," and that's really kind of you. Thanks. That's because I'm a huge fan of yours. I've told you many a times. I have told comedians. Uh, that Sandeep is one of the best comedians in India. Oh, dude, that's and, uh, oh, come I've on. I've seen you working so you know he performs so often earlier at the at the comedy store uh, and uh, you know at Canvas some time back and I don't know how you used to play the room. I mean, I, I really, I have, uh, I really look up to you and your comedy and how you used to you know used to do it so bloody smoothly. And you know, as a as a young comedian, I used to like you know look at all of you that how the hell does he do it so nicely, so smoothly? Thank you so much for having me. Dude, you know. I, of course, will it's a pleasure for me to have you on because you've. Uh, I think it's one of those strange relationships, right? Because you joined, um, sort of, uh, you started doing comedy full time, and then you joined 
the East India Comedy Group and you took sort of a different traje- trajectory, right? Even though, uh, in fact, you and I used to meet more often when you were doing your auditions, getting to the sort of 30 minute sort of the thing, which they call the best in stand up back in the day yeah, in, yeah, in the yeah. comedy yeah, store yeah, yeah. format. And, you know, this I remember so clearly, like this was the kindest gesture, like from an audience member, because I always had this issue, right? My mic wire would get stuck in the stand. And yeah, I remember yeah. once, it was always like a bit of a few nervous seconds before the show would start. I'm like, oh, fuck out. And I hadn't addressed my eyesight thing. And then you, I remember in the front row as an audience and you came and helped me out and you got it done. And I was like, dude, this guy is so kind because you didn't make it a big deal. You're like, hey, dude, here's the mic. The, 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 mic, the stand is out of your way. Go ahead and do your thing. Because you knew, but you, it was such a really uh, uh, nice thing that it, I always remember. And then, of course, you know, I met Shaguna and you and then your daughters. And then you got into this sort of um, the weekend schedule of being um, a full time sort of at the comedy store. And then you just exploded uh, finding your market. And how's the journey been? And, you know, maybe how how did that sort of the, the, the lockdown dampen? Because you were on, you were riding a high and I'm sure you still are. Uh, but I mean, there's so many aspects to your game, right? You have a social media game. You did that thing, which was the positive news during the lockdown. But I mean, we'll cover all of it, but you seem to be one one hell of an excited uh, young man who keeps trying out new things. And I really like that attitude of yours. You're like, yeah, okay, I'm a stand-up comedian, but I'll do this as well. I'll act in ads as well. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, so see, I mean, I, I have lived one life of 25 years in my corporate job. You know, mm. then I got into comedy and I look at it as a new life. Like I'm just like 10 years old in this industry. So I started actually my first open mic in 2012. Uh, yeah. yeah. In Feb 2012, actually, just 10 years now. So, and uh, then as, you know, things started progressing and I I, I actually look at everything with very, generally with a very positive uh, angle. Like, mm. uh, and I, I actually don't say no to anything. So if I get a commercial, if I get an acting job, some mm. social media thing, I say yes to everything. As long as obviously, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's within my frame of what I want to do and what I don't want to do. Uh, so, uh, I think it's, I think the, it has been great. Like even honestly, in the pandemic, uh, I mean, I started, I mean, just to give you about this only positive news that you talked about. Actually, I was in the US uh, uh, in March 2020, just before the pandemic, I reached, uh, I reached America on 10th March 2020, uh, you know, with the assurance of Mr. Donald Trump, because it's just a flu, it'll go in five days. Huh. And I had a tour of 15 cities of my new tour called Daddy Cool, which I, you know, built over the time. And if you, you know, going to America, a tour, you know, takes like six, eight months of planning. So that planning I yeah. reached on 10th March. Oh, you had planned, this wasn't a holiday. You had planned an actual work. It was an 18th, I was going alone, 18 uh, city tour of Daddy Cool. How and, exciting, uh, dude. I mean, that must have been, as you said, the anticipation was crazy, right? Yeah, yeah it was crazy. And we were doing well. Uh, I mean, honestly, we were doing well. And then when this pandemic started, news started clicking, then the sales obviously started slowing down. But anyway, I reached 10th March. And by 14th March, you know, the world started closing and yeah. I think 15th March I was back in India without doing a single show I lost Ouch. I lost like crazy amount of money you know at the like sort of end of the year or the beginning of the year on financial year unlike you guys I look at years starting from financial year so you guys no I mean I think all of us are I look at April to March no I think we all laugh at uh, the mindset right the, oh he, he thinks financial year but I think we all had to right because um, you know, you you come you come into this situation where it's of course uncertainty for everyone. But you know, most people clamp down on spending. But you've just come off this huge wave of spending on promotions, on planning, on any 
for anyone, however yeah, yeah. big you are, producing your own tour is expensive. I mean, the budgets will vary depending on whether you do arenas or 10-seaters. But it's still a crazy kind of commitment to come off and, you, and going, what? No shows for another one year? I mean, at that point, we didn't know. But yeah. no shows for another six weeks? Shit, even every week counts because that means a corporate gone. In your case, because you're quite, uh, quite um, uh, busy with the corporate calendar, right? You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. do a lot of those. So imagine they saying, hey, our budgets are closed. Uh, you going, wait, wait, what the fuck? My tour's cancelled, I spent money. It must have been quite a shock. And of course, you you are much more established in your life as well. I mean, your kids have grown up, you have um, you have a home. So you're not like living from paycheck to paycheck. But still, what was the thought process you went through at that point? No, honestly, I, I consider myself to be a fairly mentally strong person. But, at, you know, the week of March, really, you know, started getting anxious. I remember on 15th March itself, so we have a family, WhatsApp group, me and the girls, just four of us, and I put up over there, hey guys, it's going to be a tough, you know, long haul. Please, uh-huh. you know, start, you know, curbing on your expenses, you know. So, yeah. and fortunately, the family all, like, we all, you know, stood up together, and and I was back in India without doing a single show on 15th March, and, you know, uh, and the reason actually starting only positive news was because, see, I'm an old man. By the way, uh, you keep going on about this, you're, you're not... Um an old man okay uh, i know a lot of people who are no, half your age who are more who live a more sedentary lifestyle who have a, and most importantly i'm going to and i'm going to say this because i 100% back the statement i think who have an it's it's your outlook right which i really really uh, admire because there are people who can maybe your age maybe my age maybe younger who have this sort of fatalistic thing that oh i'm entitled to this particular sort of expect uh, things in life i don't get it or oh, fuck the world i don't think you have that you have this thing that every day you want to learn as you said you'll take anything that comes your way and whatever it may be the motivation behind it but i really like that and i feel that keeps you young man um Every time I speak to you over the past 12 years, I mean, 10 years, it's almost like a breath of fresh air, right? It's not like, oh, man, comedy sucks, man. I, you know, <laughs> that's a typical narrative, right? I mean, and I've been in that boat. And I'm, I'm first to admit that you go through that and you kind of let the uh, comedy fluids get to you, right? Like where it's not just about making people laugh, but the other paraphernalia, like how many tickets you sold? Are you getting representation? Why aren't you on YouTube um, numbers, Amazon Prime, all that, you know, the conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't. At least for the most part, at least from when I remember all the conversations we had, it was more like, let's look at the bright side of life, right? What's going on? How is family? And I, you, you come over and you drop off mangoes. And I'm just like, fuck, man, this guy's <laughs> now become a friend. I mean, it's it's amazing. I really uh, cherish those things. And yeah, I'm not yeah, saying it was amazing lunch I had at your house with family, man. Yeah, you, exactly. You ordered, you ordered the food from, uh, which is that place here? That, uh, Nandini. Yeah, uh, from Nandini ordered some special food for me. Thanks so much. Yeah. No, I think this was more important for me at that point. I mean, of course, you know, it was good. And if you get shows, the happier, the more popular you become. But I really uh, enjoyed those conversations, right? I remember once you had this uh, lunch in your house, which I don't think any comedian's done for all the comedians <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Um, so it was all of us, I think, at that point, Tanmay, Neville. I think there was um, Sapan, obviously, Sahil. Yeah, yeah. and I remember Tum- you calling me one day saying, hey, there's this young comedian from Bangalore. Can I bring him over? And that was Kenny Sebastian. I said, yeah, yeah sure. Please. So and I were, was- correct. Yeah. And Kenny joined us, yeah. And you were in your little, uh, in your out garden, all yeah. of us sitting. And literally at that point, Aditi was there. And Varun was there. And I think yeah, we had yeah, a show Tarun, that evening. Tanmay, Rohan, the ASC boys Chakya. were there. So much yeah. fun, man. I, it I was, was a blast. I was again, yeah. Serious. And, and you know what I liked about that? That gesture is like, dude, okay, yeah, we're all trying to get gigs and more gigs than the others and trying to do more shows, get more popular. But that 
kind of that gesture was really like, hey, cool, but we're all in this together. Let's have a laugh. And I really like that. And I think that's been your attitude in at least what this, the, the scheme of things uh, with comedy, you know, and it's nice. Yeah, because I, I generally see, as we know, the stand-up comedy is, the, you know, it's, it's everybody's individual voices. So yeah. really, you can't really compete. Yeah, unlike there are two 18-year-old guys, both from Haryana, both speaking Hindi, both doing comedy, you know, both maybe having the same premises, they are maybe fighting it over. But, you know, we could all be talking about the same topic and yet have so many different views and opinions on it. I think that's what making, so I really don't look at, Genuinely, I don't look at, you know, I mean, okay, competition as such. But yes, I mean, I'm just saying that because the industry is so new, it's and I, I have actually come from a computer industry which is so highly competitive, you know, where we used to cut each other's throats for like, you know, 100 bucks margin and things like that. So I didn't want that yeah. to, you know, come into, into, into comedy as such. But yeah, coming back to my story, so I came back and I wanted a routine to my life. So I wanted to wake up at 8 o'clock, you know, start uh, this, so I started this only positive news, which actually, honestly, it was just my way of getting over the pandemic. So I used to wake up in the morning, read the news, uh, you know, and uh, make my points, record the video. I learned editing on my own. So I started mm. editing those videos and started putting out these daily clips. And I think there was a need of the hour because a lot of people are so anxious and yeah. so much uncertainty around that they felt, that, you know, and it did very well. So it gave me a routine to my day so basically you know i mean uh, my doing that only positive news was my own way of coping you know with my anxiety which i was going through at this time you know because at that time there was so uncertainty there's so much uncertainty we didn't know when the you know shows all my shows got cancelled i came back from a cancelled u.s store only positive news gave me you know a routine to life because i like to wake up early in the morning you know i, I used to wake up early i used to shave i used to wear good clothes record mm. the video i learned editing because of that and I, you know, and obviously because of which I, you know, uh, uh, people were liking that every day to hit like close to 150,000 views on my Instagram. Are I you serious? Video. Yeah, yeah, man. Because That's are, crazy. My God, they're like, this is the need of the hour. Like, thank you so much for doing this for us. And I was actually doing it for myself, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, but that, so, that it showed, right? It showed that uh, it wasn't a gimmick. Like in the sense you weren't trying to think about it. It was literally like, okay, I need to talk. And I need to get this off my chest and I need to sort of find some sort of uh, array of sunshine and all this kind of news. And uh, that, that, it was pretty, yeah. gl you know, um, glum at that point, right? Like you heard about exactly. migrant workers, the way they were being treated. It was a horrible situation. Like, and, you, and, and people just one side of the news saying, oh, no, you're fine. Now, it's just a it's just a flu. And the other side, you're saying you, you're going to die. It was, what the <laughs> fuck, right? No, but I think that's one thing you said, which is very important, um, is that you said you wake up, you have a shower, you shave. I think that's one thing which is very important. I think a lot of people listening, uh, I think that's one thing you do is you've kind of had a discipline, right? Like, and I, as a comedian, I didn't have that. Like, I would rage till four in the morning, wake up at like one o'clock and then get ready for the show. So the, as a comedian, my day would start at like 7 p.m., end at 4 a.m. And that would continue. And then that caught up with me pretty much. Um, 2019-20, I was shattered. But you seem to always have like this thing where you you do the Bombay Marathon, you jog, you stay fit. And how important do you feel now with all your years of wisdom, working in corporate, um, what are some of the learnings you would give someone say right now who's newly joining comedy or newly joining the entertainment space first of all 
Uh, obviously, it's 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 a it's a business. It's a serious business, just like any other you know profession. If you be a you know lawyer or a CEO or things like stand-up comedy is exactly like that. Writing jokes is extremely difficult. You have to have a discipline uh, in terms of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, writing good, writing original. Uh, number two, I would uh, you know recommend people to go and watch. I think the biggest mistake a lot of young comedians don't do. I mean, do is sorry. What a lot of mistakes young comedians do is they just sit at home and watch those Netflix. And those, you know, Amazons and you know, the Billbirds and uh-huh. you know the Anthony Selnick and things like that. They don't go and watch comedy which is happening in your, you know, in your city. Yeah. Like I, I remember this, you know, I knew there was this, uh, I think two years just before the pandemic, there was this one day there were four guys shooting their specials. Okay. There was Veer Dha shooting his famous special at Famous Studio in Mumbai. There was uh, Rohan Joshi uh, shooting his uh, uh, special for Amazon. There was uh, uh, Kamba uh, who was trying his one-hour special for the first time. Mm. It was like Saturday where 4 o'clock. So I attended all those four shows. You know, <laughs> I told, I told Shaguna, like, today Saturday, leave me alone. 4 o'clock I attended Veer's. Then I went to Rohan's uh, show. I went to, I think, show at 6 o'clock at in Bandra then I went to Rohan show in, uh, in again in Bandra then at 10 o'clock night show at Kamba show you know at, who, who was the, the fourth person you said Veer, Rohan, Kamba and uh, Kenny, Kenny Sebastian oh he was recording his as well he okay. was recording or he was trying his one off for the first time or things like that he was doing like right. a, a trial recording of the show at the Cuckoo Club in Mumbai the Netflix so, one the one he yeah, put so up on I Netflix. actually took a driver and I, I don't have a driver so I hired a driver for the day because parking at all these places and I, I went to each of those four shows now, the problem we're saying is that and my thing was just to learn when I went to see these hours because you're shooting for Netflix lighting the camera angles and things like that I was going there as a student to learn you know I had already crazy, watched yeah. I already watched Wade's shows, so I knew the material, but I just went to see how a Netflix shoot happens, you know. And uh, yeah. the point I'm trying to tell you is that, Sadeep, I was there for these four shows. And the four shows, other than like I met Daniel at one place, Kamara at one place, some other comedian. But the junior comedians or the young comedians were seen, they were not there, you know, mm. thing. They were saying, oh, maybe we'll do our own spot somewhere. Sorry, this is the day you go and watch these these comedians recording their specials go there you know buy a ticket and i bought a ticket to be right and asked him for you know uh, uh, this. i i rohan put me on the guest list yes or the other is on guest list because they were the comedy clubs but i'm just going to tell you go there and watch and none of these you know younger comedians were there because i know the scene you know they would have met me there we were i was there i didn't see i was i didn't spot any young comedians in any of these four places you know because they were maybe yeah. doing their own spots and i i you know, I'm telling you, I learned a lot. Like, I remember when I started doing Comedy Store, I used to come and watch you guys, you know, sometimes on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like four shows back to back. And you say, hey, man, are you an idiot? You're, you know, we are going to do the same material. But every time when you interacted with the crowd, obviously that was fresh. You know, the way, and you know, one time, I think when I started comedy for six months, I should just get scared of how to put the mic on the mic stand back at the end of my set, you know. Mm-hmm. And slowly I learned how smoothly you do it, you know, like, you know, when you know your set is ending, just quickly go quickly to the mic stand, bring it up, bring it to the center, put your mic back, you know, and give it back. Those are the rules of the comedy store. You put mic back in the mic stand, which is, I think, very, very important. So I watched comedians, you know, doing the same routine for four days in a row to pay that 700 bucks of which you know Charlotte used to charge us later on actually I fought with Charlotte and told her listen please if you want to in better the comedy scene please make it free for the comedians budding comedians so they don't have to pay you know? mm. we have to stand and watch if a show, if a show gets sold out 
please don't touch comedians. And she actually made it free. In spite of that, comedians used to not come and watch other comedians. You know, they'll be sitting at I home. Think, I think uh, that's a big, big learning I got, and I give to everybody. Please go and watch everybody what is happening in the city. You know what people are laughing at. You know what are the other comedians talking about. And I think that's yeah. very important. And you know, it's such an important thing to understand uh, that people now take a lot of those for granted, right? Like when. Uh, you say things like putting the mic back in the middle or you're sticking to time or you make sure the lighting is right. I mean, we had to do, and I'm not saying this like, oh, look at what we had to do for the scene, but it really was that. Like we had to set up a show from scratch. We had to convince people that having a comedy night is a good idea. Like what they're like, what, what, what are you Absolutely. saying? You're going to get three guys or a guy and a girl to come and talk without music. And you want me to call that entertainment and you want people to pay tickets. What the fuck's wrong with that was an approach, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think that, as you said, you know, the, 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 the point is we didn't get that many opportunities and we didn't, we didn't have any frame of reference within India. I think Veer was doing a lot more comedy than us, but he was the only CJ one. CJ was doing, CJ was yeah, doing. Yeah, CJ and Veer, but yeah. they weren't, I mean, they weren't really that, they, they were active, but they were mainly doing bigger theatres, whatever, right? Yeah, so yeah. the thing is now with all this exposure, like when an international team comes to record Veer special with like the know-how of how a special should be shot, he's getting a director from wherever. I mean, this is the stuff that we didn't have access to, right? I, I'm not right. just saying mentors, I'm saying resources, how things are done. And it's not just learning how Bilber delivers his bits or how Louis C.K. sort of has a repetitive pattern that brings out a certain kind of humor. I mean, of course, those are great, but it's like me watching Tiger Woods on YouTube and trying to go to the range and hit like him. It's not how it works, man. Yeah. You have to you have exactly. to see uh, what's happening. I mean, yeah, how your feel for the tradecraft is. And that only happens by either immersing yourself in what's around you or, as you said, getting on stage. But sometimes it's good to even take a step back and not just say, you know what, I'm going to listen and not just talk. Exactly. Like, I'll tell you, Aziz Ansari, the comedian, American comedian, he had come to India, I think, again, just before the pandemic. He mm. had a show here at uh, at NCP in Mumbai. And before that, he came, I think, three, four years before, and he was workshopping his material every night at Cuckoo Club. And we all came to know as comedians that he's doing, like, a secret show and things like that. Oh, nice. I'm, I think the show, his main show was on a Saturday, but he came on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And I went and watched every night Aziz Ansari, like Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, workshopping the material. And I already bought tickets along with Chaguna to go and watch him at NCPA. Yeah. You know? And I could see when I watched him at NCPA, you know, the bits he was trying about India and all that, how that set developed and how he delivered it at NCPA. You know, so as a student of comedy, you have to learn this, you know. Now, Example, if I'm going to do a big show in New York, for example, that means I have to go on four days before and try the local comedy club spots and see whether my material is hitting or not hitting. You know? yeah. And I think that's very, very important. You know, rather than, you know, saying that, uh, 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 you know, I don't, uh, um, no, I'll do my I'll do my own spot. Aziz Ansari is good. I don't like his comedy. Yeah, you may not like his comedy, but he's he has proved his worth. When yeah. an American comedian has come, go and watch him live, how he's working his material. Yeah, you because know? after all, he's been immersed in a scene that is about 100 years old, you know. Exactly. So there are, of course, of course advantage, of course, okay, clearly. <laughs> there are, and you know how brutal the New York comedy scene is, you know, and the fact yeah. that he's lived through that, he's come out of that, you know, and done well for himself. So I and I think that's one important. trait comedians, uh, it, it's, it's easy because I, I kind of slipped down that slope 
and I'm sure you also have had moments where it's easy to feel like the victim of the industry, right? Like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get it because blah, blah, blah. You end up finding someone to blame, whether it's uh, whether it's another group, whether it's another comedian, or they don't like my material because, you know, I, I could be like, you know, because I'm from Bangalore, they don't like flying me there, or I'm too edgy. It's very easy to go down that path, but at the end of it, the only one who gets hurt with that mindset is you, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm. And I always tell comedians, one thing is that don't, don't, you know, don't get, don't try to get validation from other com- comedians. Your validation has to come from your audience. You know how? See, the thing is, you know, I always see that, you know, we as comedians, you know, we have evolved. We, you know, watch all these. Again, I'm saying these words, you know, these dark comedians and you know, Dave Chappelle and Russell Neck and things like that. But yeah, average Indian audience, you know, they're watching Kapil Sharma on TV. They're coming there and watching you. You know, yeah. they are they are doing their own work. They don't think about comedy like how you and me think. You know, so we guys overthink comedy comedy has to be in fact simplified you know like today till today in mumbai people will still laugh at a gujarati punjabi sindhi marwari joke you know the audiences are maybe still laughing at a rahul gandhi joke you say the word rahul gandhi people erupt you know which means that the, the, the audience has not really evolved it will take a time for them to say like obviously some of the audiences in mumbai in comedy clubs and all who come the comedy lovers they want to be challenged in terms of the material but regular guy is doing his work here. I mean, he's watching comedy in three months. He doesn't want to come there and, you know, listen to deep talk topics or dark topics and things like that. He's come to have a good time. You know, I once went for an open mic, uh, uh, Sadeep, uh, one thing which I always do, which I always recommend, like whenever I'm free, whenever I have a free night or, you know, there's nothing at home happening or, you know, no social thing, I always make it a point to go and watch comedy. You know, mm. like, like yesterday, I'm telling you, this is, I was, I was uh, on a, I was walking uh, uh, like on the beach and suddenly I saw Veer's uh, Insta story that he is doing his, he is working his material at, at, uh, at a uh, comedy club in Mumbai, you know. Mm. So I immediately messaged the comedy club owner and he said, hey, can I come and watch please? And I please do that, you know, don't, don't, you know, just because you're a comedian, don't think that you have the privilege of walking into any company. Please ask, request. I requested the comedy club owner that, hey, can I come and uh, watch me? And he said, yeah, sure, please come. And I went and I've watched it as a student of comedy. You know, we is workshopping his material. He did one and a half hour of, you know, new material there, which he was workshopping. Now, I want to, I want to, now I will see when we comes out with a special, how I saw the journey of the joke, if you may call it, you know, at yeah. the Beach Matthews show, but that's how it, sort of how it traveled, the joke traveled, how he cut down his parts, how did he, you know, polish his part. I'm, I want to learn the craft, you know, and again, I'm telling you, yesterday when I was there, only me, there was no other comedian, you know, watching the thing, hey, you also follow Veer, you know what he's doing, come and watch him. Whatever said and done, I mean, people may not like his comedy or his style or whatever, you know, other comedians, it's all, it's all subjective. But come and watch a person who's probably, not probably, he's India's most successful comedian. Yeah, he's on the, been on the Conan O'Brien, he's got four Netflix special. He's already removed a special in the pandemic, recording from his home. You know? I think that's very important uh, because, you know, it's another thing that you get caught up with, right? I don't like his style. I don't like the material. So fuck yeah. him. Yeah. And I think that's true. Okay, fair enough. But if someone has really done the grunt work and has really gotten to a place with whatever reason, maybe it's luck. Of course, it's a lot of perseverance. Of course, it's 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 a combination of things that get you to a certain place. You're likable, you're exportable, you're consumable. So all these things, it's not in your control. But 
there are certain things in the control of that artist which he or she has really really um sort of drilled down right and got their thing together so that those are it might not be how to write a joke but it's how did it, the other things that they do get them to where they are and i think that's really important man because many times you feel right oh i've done this bait man shit you know like punjabi this thing for one year i'm tired of it i'm going to get edgier but i think what we forget is that it's so new the concept of stand up for indian audiences so now more people are coming out saying hey i watched atul so now i want to see what the scene is like so now there's a kid or me saying hey atul's already done the sindhi joke or the punjabi joke i'm going to talk about hey what's it like to fuck a chimpanzee they're like hey why this is not for what what is this guy talking about right so it's so many elements and variables in india that languages are different there are people who prefer regional comedy there are people who prefer more sort of edgy in the sense people will evolve their taste in comedy but the numbers just keep coming the new people who are exposed to comedy are growing by the day right because they see the likes of you or uh, anuva bassi or they see kanan kenny or they see my show um so when people see my show like more um a different kind of demographic comes out when they see your show a different demographic so Right. there are still people who don't know how comedy works so you're right it's such a it's such an important thing to keep in mind because in america or in england or wherever comedy's been around for a while sometimes you'll see acts or comedians i don't know if this is good or bad with the same set for the past 10 years and they've nailed it to a perfection you know exactly exactly and i think it's very important you know to always be a student of like you have to be a student of comedy you know till the end you can't say hey i know it all now i don't like this i don't know are you mad you know i mean just uh, the fact that uh, somebody is recording a special a special you know by an amazon or a netflix you know like when i went to the vish show when we was watching i was actually just looking at where the cameras are i went and spoke to one of the cameramen because i reached early yeah, what is the lens this is using? his netflix special right yeah what is the lens you are using how is this lighting is that you know so you learn and i went to think hey when i shoot my netflix special you know i should i should be or when i shoot my special I should be knowing all this so i think it's very very important you know to you know to just sit in this you know learn indian comedy i'm saying very easy to sit on netflix is the easiest thing to sit on netflix and watch these american comedians british comedians obviously you should also do that because that's what inspires yeah. you yeah. see what the local scene is i was telling you you know once i went for an open mic in mumbai and uh, uh it was like uh, you know just a small room in one of the uh, small comedy clubs there were three people in the audience and it was on a thursday or night or something and each of the comedian the young comedians who came up on or the open micers i would say not young there were some of senior ones also first of all everybody came on stage and said what are you guys doing here are you mad you know there's an open mic night we are trying out new jokes every comedian came and said after some time the audience thing is yeah man are you fucking crazy why the hell did we spend 300 bucks or 400 come to watch you when you every one of you are saying why have you come here tonight you know that was mm. secondly i i am an old school thought you know because i've learned at the comedy store people would guess like as if somebody had just you know out of the bed they're not even you know get they're not even put water on their faces <laughs> and yeah i totally get you do such this. shabby look Yeah. Say, hey, I'm cool. I'm a comedian. I can come out like a chuckles and you know, tone shorts and you know, t-shirt. And you could see people in the audience dressed. I saw there was a couple who maybe having a date. You know, the girl was well dressed. The guy was well dressed. He wanted to say, "Come on, let's go for a comedy show. I'll take you for dinner." And each and every comedian coming on the stage, first of all, dressed so shabbily. You know, no sticking to time. The show was supposed to start at eight. He started at eight forty-five or eight fifty. You know, everybody was coming. and and ha huh, the worst part each comedian was coming doing his set and running away you know uh, in comedy store we remember if you finished your set you had to sit in the audience 
as member and clap and cheer for a fellow comedian even though you've heard the joke hundred times the same joke you know but because your clapping you know uh, helps just build up some positive energy in the room here every comedian over the years you know do walk out yeah. you're said walk out that, that's very new york though i remember when i did the open mic yeah, yeah, in new york, york. exactly yeah. new york and, and forget that are the worst part is this comedians are coming and saying hey these are the thoughts which are just what i'm going to perform are thoughts which and they're carrying the laptops on stage the pieces of paper on stage mobile phone on stage uh, you know and uh, i remember when we went at comedy show tom used to tell us hey you fuckers don't get any paper on laptop please memorize it and come you may bomb on stage but memorize the shit you know wear good clothes shave you know wear no shoes no chappals were allowed yeah. no yeah. shorts were allowed and things like that you know no in the sense dress up for uh, being i mean respect your audience man yeah, yeah. respect your audience i mean of course if the audience acts cocky then yeah that's how you deal with it in a comedic that's, sense that's absolutely, yeah. absolutely but not like i mean i don't get this man like you know of course you know you know me i i have i enjoy my drinks before during and after the show but yeah. there's a point at which if it crosses too much and i like, dude hey what are you doing it's work you know don't fuck around don't fall and slur and fall off the stage that's a bit much so you yeah. sometimes do cross the line but you have to always remember that people have come out they've spent money maybe they might not get your jokes there's so many other elements but at least the variables that can be controlled which are presentation the way you kind of uh keep exactly. the room together and and I and I remember this I mean maybe not all the time but we would sit back we would put on that tv in the green room and watch the comedian right and we're like Correct. oh god this joke he's doing again fucker but this will kill watch it's going <laughs> to land oh fucker Varun Thakur it's killing with that bit again i don't know how i'm going to follow him and but we but it would be a sense of we would chill before the show we would talk during and then after also we probably go for dinner or do something or drink or it yeah. was an entire evening with comedians but it became more and more the guy would come do his act and then he would bounce or then the or the green room would be so crowded where people are just bitching other comedians saying oh why aren't they doing this that it was a very bad vibe to go into before getting on the stage you know correct correct it became that way later on actually with the laugh club but with the comedy story if you remember yeah. only the only the acts and the opening uh, i mean the supporting acts were allowed in the green room you couldn't yeah. enter the green room if you were a part of the act and that was a beautiful thing i mean it was a place that you had to work to get to right it was not exactly it, it, you exactly. you earned that respect of the green room to be there right and but then it became this thing where you, one person would be sitting there with like the smelly feet on the fucking uh, makeup table and then i don't know man it became really as you said the word i think is shabby and up kamra let's go ahead yeah, <laughs> yeah. no it, it i think it was not just one person i think all of them dude i'd come from bangalore dressed up in like boots and i'm like am i overdressed what the fuck's going on <laughs> like it it became shabby i think that's a very nicely um, yeah, 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 i think uh, nice word to sort of make it concise everything the approach right that people wouldn't play music before the show the energy would be thing and as you said they'd come going what the fuck is your face doing here like you know like you know i'm like oh dude you're really like it's this is like a sense of entitlement you know <laughs> exactly man so yeah i mean i just my thing is that you know take it very seriously it's as serious as any other profession and come off come through this line only for long haul you know don't think you'll get laid you know unless you're sandeep rao uh, young sandeep rao but otherwise <laughs> quick uh, correction i like that yeah. safe <laughs> <laughs> no no unmarried single sandeep rao yeah <laughs> and let's say as cool as him otherwise you there's no there's no it's very very serious work over here man trust me comedy you neither get laid nor paid so you make sure that your game has to be on point <laughs> No, but you um, joined this uh, entire sort of experience with the East India Boys, right? Like the Correct. East India Comedy thing. How? Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Yeah, that that was a big part of your career, right? Like it it ended. Uh, you went solo 
maybe 2019? 2017. No, 2017. Yeah. Okay, so that was a good three, four year run. And exactly. That, I mean, that gave you a good catapult into uh, the space that you got into finally, right? 100%. I, I, you know, I just enjoy my, you know, so much things. Are, I mean, so much learning I got at the East India Comedy, you know, because these guys just come out with sketches, you know, the editing part, the, the camera, the videos and things like that. Even though me and Saurabh used to not really like sketches. Mm, yeah. <laughs> to think it's a waste of time. But, uh, uh, but just the entire process of and also working in a group, uh, you know, jamming together, how do you write together? You know, it has yeah. all helped me because, uh, you know, sometimes today also for some uh, some assignment, I have to get into a writer's room with the two three writers together. And my East India, you know, uh, uh, East India comedy experience does help me, you know. And mm. I think just, you know, I, I've always been with a very, very open Like I remember uh, uh, coming back to again stand-up comedy coming out of East India. Like once I remember Aditi was, Aditi Mittal was doing her solo show called Mrs. Dutrike, where she used to, you know, get into this character of the yeah. old lady, you know, talking about sex and things like that. And then that required a lot of costume changes for her. She used to come as Punjabi girl and then get into this old lady, then come back as Aditi Mittal. And she wanted a somebody to open for her, rather fill for her, you know. In the, right, while she does the act. Is, yeah. So you have to come up, you have to go up, do a five-minute bit, come back and do a three-minute bit and come out to do a five-minute bit, you know, and the light used to come up. Aditi is ready, come on, or get off close and get her back on stage. Mm. And... Uh, and I like signed up for it and very, very, you know, I was so excited to doing that, which helped me also when I looked at it, like now when you, when you do some corporate shows and they say, hey, we've got some award ceremonies happening and we want to come in as instead of one big 30 minute big, can you please break your thing into, you know, three bits of 10, 10 minutes? And I said, yeah, I can do it because mm. now I know how I'll structure my jokes that, you know, you, you start high, end high, you know, always. So you require three highs uh, to end with. That's how you structure your material. And, <laughs> Dude, I, and I, you I know exactly. Anytime. Also, like what Comedy Store taught me is once the light is on, you have to get off within one minute. When yeah. You know the yeah. Thing. Which means that you write in such a way that, you know, otherwise, you know, every comedian has a closure joke. But if, suppose the light is on and, you know, how Comedy Store used to take it so seriously. I remember once killing a night, I went some three minutes overboard and I went on. I thought, you know, Tom would hug me, but Tom already fired me. Is it mm. the fuck do you think you went three minutes overboard? I said, yeah, but the crowd interest is just three minutes, Tom. You think, dude, it's not three minutes. It's a lot. It's not about you. It's about the entire show. Mm. You, know, you are not the bloody hero. There are three heroes on top over there, you know. And that, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is the timing. So, Aditi's example taught me that, you know, you could do that. So, I look at every learning. I mean, I'm genuinely, I'm saying, you know, when I when I got my first commercial, I have never really acted yet. Yeah. I've been a computer business. I was not a comedian. When yeah. I got my first commercial, and, you know, I, I learn, I, I go there and learn, because I, you know, that, that part of, uh, you know, acting in commercial, well, acting, that is such a bloody tough line, you know. Yeah, yeah. To audition, you have to do that, and here I'm getting this role on a silver platter just because I'm a comedian, you know. Mm. And, and that also, I, I, I love, I just did actually a commercial uh, two weeks back, again, it's, it's with, it's, uh, with, for something like Alia Bhatt, I was not in the same frame as her. <laughs> thing is that, I'm okay doing it. I will not say, oh, no, 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 I'm Atul Khatri. Why the hell should I do this? Why the should I do that? I said, okay, man, do it. Yeah. You know, as long as you know it, you agree with it, you know, it's absolutely okay. You see, as long as down Khan your alley Vachan, when it comes to content. Yeah, yeah, all you, of them, yeah, yeah. when their movie comes out, they're very like how, you know, I remember yeah. when I sometimes my shows, I send WhatsApp messages to every group of mine, every like, 
email i'll send out email blast hey i'm having a new show in your city come and watch me and then sometimes hey are you atul khatri why the hell are you doing that so, are you mad have you seen shahrukh khan pending his movie when his movie comes hey, shahrukh khan when he has to pick his movie who the hell am i you know <laughs> so do, do you think that, to, uh, this coming into and, this space at, uh, at 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 this particular age that you did come into it right which is what 12 10 years back you i mean you had all these things you 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 already started your family was uh, your kids were older you had spent 25 years in corporate so you, you had learned your th- things right you had learned how the world works as opposed to joining comedy when straight out of college right many people might do or whatever right, right? do you think do, do how, how do you think that particular a uh, point of entry when you did join um or decide to take up stand up part time whatever the journey however it shaped out um do you think the 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 years of all these things that you experienced helped you or, or did and do you yeah. think it would have been different if you started younger i think it definitely helped me it kept me uh, more uh, grounded hmm. because you know i uh, uh, You know, you're talking about you know at that time there were like some 50 comedians in in India all fitting on a WhatsApp group if you remember that party which we had at a house yeah one group was all on maybe WhatsApp and the group is still there I think you know it's still there it's still there yeah, yeah. so uh, I'm saying that I came from a line where I'm telling you to sell some computer solutions you know so competitive you you go into the you go into that uh, the corporate call at 10 o'clock and what he has done is he's already called all your competitors at 9:30 so entering the waiting room there are already six of the biggest competitors sitting in the waiting room mm. you know and you should do it so that you know you see all the competition and you anyway drop your pants before you come inside the negotiation room that's a strategy a lot of these guys just purchase guys used to do you know yeah. i'm come from that line okay so, uh, i know how competitive that line is uh, and Uh, some of the learnings which i which i which i got into this was first of all time you know respect time respect mm. other people's time uh, you know take it very very seriously uh, i remember like whenever i used to go and watch you guys perform at the comedy store uh, when i was when i didn't used to have spots every time i entered comedy store i used to go to the sound box and uh, tell that guy hey, hi i'm atul i'm sitting in the audience you know just hi say hi to him and yeah. i would have buy a ticket now what happened many times was because i sat and some spot didn't come so they used to come to me hey uh, in the interval hey the spot is not come do you want to go in mm. for a spot no? yeah 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 i said yeah 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 i would love to do it you know i said okay you up come inside the come inside the green room uh, and then i used to get inside the green room you know start preparing my set and go and do it you know you have to you know you said earlier about luck i generally i i generally believe that luck is start an action but you you have to work very hard at it you know no i think luck is also helps when you have the right intention right like if you're exactly. out to insult to out, your fellow yeah. comedians or like one one thing i've noticed you do and i make it a point i don't know where it, it it's just something i do man it's not whether it's with my for my career to advance is that whether as a guest if i go to a restaurant or whether it's as a comedian i go to a club where the man the staff is as fucking important as the audience in fact they're more important than you at points you know because exactly if you i mean they they run the show they are keeping yeah. the people uh, flowing in flowing out they make sure the establishment which you call a comedy club is running because of them so if you go there and act cocky saying hey fuck you man where's my this thing where's my drink where's my food it's people don't realize that oh they're like yeah but what he'll 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 be fired next week i can get him fired why because that's exactly when you said luck right that's not luck but that kind of attitude and behavior will ensure that luck doesn't favor you i feel 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I, you know, I read this in this book, uh, the comedy Bible by Judy Carter, which is supposed to be, at, you know, uh, I, I read the book very early, and I, and she talks exactly the same. Okay, don't ever fucking mess around with ushers or people serving drinks, you know, because it's because of the selling of the drinks you get paid, you know. Mm-hmm. And and if you remember, uh, who's the guy at the comedy show? The guy who, uh, who used to run the sound box. Yeah, I forget his name. It's not a who Sal uh, or uh, Sal Sal yeah Sal the of comedy which Sal used to watch no? nobody yeah. must have watched you know seriously <laughs> Charlotte Charlotte didn't know who, Charlotte would not come there every night but yeah. when, whenever Charlotte comes she would ask Sal okay, who are the guys who killed over the weekend and he yeah. would say okay these these guys killed over there this guy's comedy is bad this guy's set up he knew the structure of the joke yeah know? Yeah. Like he used to give me Sal, he used to be the tech guy, the sound guy, he used to tell me, hey, why don't you flip your joke? Instead of closing with that, why don't you close with this? You'll get yeah. a laugh. And I tried it on at work and I bloody went and hugged him. I said, thanks, Sal. You know, yeah. I, I wrote that joke eight months. I didn't think about that. You thought it in such a minute. You know, I'm saying, hmm. these guys watch so much of comedy and always you have to respect them. You know, I mean, and that you should respect every. Like, I make it a point every corporate show, whenever I finish my show, I go to the sound box in the end and thank everybody because it's thanks to him. He gave me the light, he gave me good sound, you know, whatever. You know, I think it's very important to do that. And that that goodwill, man, I think that's something maybe you also realize in your business, right? That, yeah, of course, in computers, it's cutthroat. Every person who can shave off a few rupees off the the deal is even more favorable, right? But I feel, uh, I'm sure, you know, if, if, if I'm wrong, contradict me, please. That if the, the, sometimes if your business your uh, the, the the approach to the business where you, with your ethics the way you treat your um colleagues or maybe even the people who work for you or work for that big brand if they like you you can even be at a higher price but people will favor you because of other things which are non-business driven decisions you know absolutely i totally agree with you see prices is never the issue you know price is never the issue you know uh, you you i mean you can you go to Taj and have a coke it costs you bloody 300 bucks yeah. You know, but people are not idiots to go and order or pick it up on a mini bar because they know there's a value attached to it. So you bring value uh, to the game, and I, you know, it will it will come about it. You know, uh, 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 you know, a comedian had once told me uh, that uh, I read about it also that you know never uh, like one of the mistakes a lot of comedians do is that you know tonight they get a comedy performing at two fifty rupees, then to, next after one month at an auditorium where the charges seven hundred rupees for ticket, and the audience gets confused. No, don't pay those 250 rooms, ticket rooms. Pay it, but don't see that the name is not on the lineup. So I have seen it. Uh, like, that's how you build. Uh-huh. Like today, what I have done is my minimum ticket and watch me at a comedy at an auditorium is going to be 500 rupees. And maximum is 1500 rupees. You know. Yeah. And even when I do a show at a comedy club or some guy says, "Hey, I want to hire you. I'm going to sell tickets." I make a point with Sindh. What are you going to price the ticket at? And he'll say, mm-hmm. "No, I've got a sponsor. I'll price it at 200 bucks." I said, "Fuck! I'm not doing it at 200 bucks. You have to keep the minimum price as 500." That's my price. Yeah, That's if you don't value yourself, why the fuck will anyone else value you or think uh, of even coming exactly. for that show? You know, you can say I've got a fixed fee. What you know, I I did a show in Dubai where I was getting a fixed fee, but he was selling tickets. I said, what price are you selling the tickets for? He's saying, you know, I have for my patrons. I'm going to give it free of cost. I said, boss, you're not giving an Atul Khatri show free of cost to They have to pay something. You no, know, but I'm going to cover up with my drinks and with my bar and my yeah. and all. I said, balls, you are not doing that. You have to charge a price. And I fought with him. He said, what's your problem? I'm paying you your money. I said, no, it's not a question of price. Tomorrow when I come to Dubai after six months sitting in an auditorium, these guys say, oh, we saw Atul Khatri for free. I don't want that, man. You know, I want them to say that, oh, yeah. we paid you know, yeah, yeah. 50 dirhams or 100 dirhams for an Atul Khatri show. That's how you 
demand price you know you you increase your own value as such you know yesterday i went to, i said i yeah no it makes a lot of sense i went for i went for veer's new uh, comedy workshop was workshopping material is taking 800 bucks there for a workshopping material you know still it was sold out crazy yeah That's yeah what veer has done is he has built yeah. that value that if you want to watch me in a workshop also you have to pay minimum 800 but all come watch me at nc pay 2000 bucks you know i mean that's what he did through you know what fuckers years of work yeah yeah years of work more than 15 years and also like you know what i can sit at home and create a netflix special so people are like whoa this guy and as you said it's not about the content it's about um how he goes about doing it so many times people are like wait a second dude this guy uh, and and sometimes even people will be like wait i don't think he's the funniest but how the fuck is he getting five netflix specials right it's 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 the it's it's the curiosity that drives it and he's of course i mean hats off to um all the sort of things he's done as well right because he's gone in so many directions and i think that's also indicative of like what you've done as well but um they open rooms for us they open places for us you know yeah. even like comedians like zakir uh, you know who's who's uh, this hindi comedian you know like our amit tandon or zakir people are doing pure hindi comedy you know they've opened up rooms in like bhubaneswar patna you know god forget god forget in small small places kanpur that you know where comedy never existed before yeah yeah i mean they're opening up rooms people will see amit doing a good show they say oh okay amit is good let's get atul let's get so and so let's get so and so. you know now the com- you know there's a appetite you know increasing for comedy in your city Yeah, it's extremely important. Did you ever be- go down the the thing? I mean, your your act is pre- predominantly still in English, English. or yeah, you, yeah. I, I, I have right? different aspirations. Right, because you didn't really I, go down yeah. that path, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't go down the path. See, I was I used to always do English as such. I used to always add a lot of Hindi words in my things, but I've stuck to that because it helps me. Uh, you know, uh, I think there are. Uh, now actually if there are very few english comedians like you me maybe uh, you know veer uh, uh, azim there are some few comedians who do, you know mainly in english with few local words here and there which we throw just uh, for it but i am not going to go to i am not i i think in english i can't i can't you know uh, problem with a lot of these hindi comedians like amit vipul and all had earlier when because comedy store forced them to write in english and english and that bit comedy was always in hindi you know and now with geo and the market just exploding i think uh, you know there they have really hit a very different kind of an audience like amir is on tv now you know so yeah. many of these guys are doing such big big shows uh, that's what you know uh, uh, it requires and there's nothing wrong with that you know but i have very different aspirations of course, i of i want to play global rooms i like for example when i i went uh, i went from america tour in even 2018 and i mm-hmm. remember it was seattle i was performing it was a sold out show 350 people and uh, i was in the green room and my wife shagana was also there in the audience and she messaged me hey there are like some 40 americans sitting on the front row like goras white you know mm. so uh, and it didn't it didn't trouble me at all because my 95% of my uh, set is in english and little bit those words in hindi and every time i use it as a joke to talk to the american this means this you know ah, yeah yeah no and you then it becomes like a running back throughout the show where every time you say yeah. a hindi word you back to them and you know you maybe change the word you know and no like, i that really resonates with me that approach because you, the thing is it's, it's how you're brought up as well right like my entire thought process is in english i think in english so it's not really fair for me to go uh and and that's another thing right to be desperate and, and go with the trend saying yeah. oh now everyone's doing hindi and then l- and learn hindi because how much have i learned hindi it's going to take years before i can start thinking in that language and do justice to it and you know uh, uh, 
once you learn uh, powerful language like hindi there are words in hindi you know which are so powerful which you have to know hindi very well to exploit those words you know which i don't know so you know i don't want to you know i'll look if i i'll be stupid if i will sound stupid on stage when i try to use those words you know i have to know hindi very well and i yeah. don't you know i mean because you can only you, can, you will exploit the language properly use words which you know which which are funny and you know uh, resonate well with the crowd Yeah, and in a job which is all about words, I mean, you can do act outs, etc. But when it's a predominantly wordsmith kind of uh, genre, you you every word counts, right? And exactly. it can it can make the experience that much better, the joke that much funnier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but the thing is, you 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 have experienced such a a, 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 a different kind of. a space in the comedy thing right like your audiences are of a certain thing so did you ever find um, a bit of a disconnect like say for instance you have the EIC collective which were across age groups from you to sahil there was a big age difference right so you would pull in different kinds of fans or different kinds of people who liked your content but then when you went solo did you find that people came with expectations going wait hey, this is the guy from EIC and then you would do the stuff that you wanted to do because that's what stand up is you talk about your life did you find um, a bit of a transition there was it difficult or did it no uh, not make exactly you not exactly. your comedy no not at all uh, basically uh, you know uh, uh, thanks to ic i got a very young fan base i still have a very young fan base my instagram okay. i think 80% of my followers are under the age of 25 or that kind of a thing you know mm. so i have a very young plus uh, you know i i first of all I, i work across all platforms i'm on facebook also i'm on twitter also and that's what i do because i Honestly, I enjoy doing that. It's not forced on me. Yeah. Know? I I started doing comedy because I used to put these funny Facebook posts. People say, "Hey, you are very funny. Why did you get into stand-up comedy?" Yeah. You know, this. So I still do that. I get a very different audience from Facebook. I also I go on LinkedIn. I go on Twitter, which is fairly political. I put up my my every day of my political shit over there also. You know, <laughs> just to rouse the bucks. You know, I enjoy that. <laughs> Enjoyed. I mean, or, or, but having said done that, I've, I've, I've tapered down. I've sobered down a little bit more on Twitter. I used to be very much more vocal, naming words. Now you can say the same joke, you know, without naming the person. Also, people get the reference. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, so I try to keep myself legally, you know. Like I will, I will never say uh, honourable prime minister's name ever. But I'll yeah. euphemisms to people will name. You know, when you say chai wala, people know who you're talking about. You know. But and you we, go after your comments, right? When people comment, you don't keep quiet. <laughs> Sometimes I go after, but off late I've reduced because earlier I used to get like I used to just do it for the fun of it. Honestly, you know, it's like when somebody is irritated at you, when the troll is irritated at you, and you poke him further, you know. <laughs> yeah. I get artistic pleasure in that, you know. Not that. Oh man, I I I usually I mean I usually don't even have people commenting. That's how you know I um, invis- invisible I am on the internet. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like, can you at least fucking comment to, so I know that people are listening. <laughs> so Kamra's episode which came out. um uh, this guy has commented say oh it's great that uh what's that it's, it's it was such a nasty comment i i felt bad and i was like you know what dude fuck this guy but it was like um it's nice to see that camera oh it's it it gives me hope that someone like camera can dedicate 2 hours on this channel which has absolutely no subscribers podcasting here i come game on and i was like oh 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 and i was like i wish i had atul man to just give this guy <laughs> but yeah I would, I would have probably said I want two hours with my mom or something. Just sorry, but yeah, let <laughs> it out, please. I don't know, man. I just didn't want to open the can of worms because I. I but I, how many ever years? I'm twelve years into it. I. It's. I'm not. I. It still hurts, you know. No, but actually, I have 
I've got rolled too often and now I've really become thick skin and uh, I don't really, uh, you know, I don't, I, in fact, honestly, I don't read comments, even on my YouTube videos and all that, I just don't need, I don't comment. Even I know yeah. what I'm doing, you know, there are these guys over there just wanting to, they're, you know, they're, 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 you know they're, they want their two minutes of fame that, you know, try to be one up on you and then you'll respond yeah. to them. And most of the time when you respond to these guys, that these guys, oh, sir, thank you for responding. Uh, I am such a huge fan of yours. You know, that's the typical thing which you get. Yeah, what the fuck is going on, dude? I, on, I want to get your point on this. Like you said, a lot of your fans are in that demographic, right? Like just mm-hmm. out of college to early in their career. What is going on with them? Like what, did, what like it's, it feels like as a, an outsider looking at what the, um, the kind of discourse going on or like what the, the entire conversation in that group—it's almost like subculture. Is it? Is is it that they have this entitlement? Are they outraged? Are they confused? What is the predominant thing? Like, are they really sort of because of the information they're exposed to? Are they well uh, rounded? Are they are they more stable? Have their head on their shoulders? Because you hear conflicting views, but from being a person whose content they consume, uh, what do you get a sense of? And you have kids in that age group as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think. Uh, you know, they think they're too privileged. They can comment on anything because, you know, they have a tool in their hand where they can just comment on anything because, you know, I, in fact, I have a set on this where I said that earlier it was so difficult to comment on anything. You have to write a letter to somebody. Yeah. With Manmohan Singh, you have to write a letter to him, you know. Yeah. Find his address, go to the post office, you know, whether the letter will reach him or not, you never know, you know. But today, your celebrity, your the politicians are in front of you on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. You go and throw stones on him directly, you know. And honestly, none of these, you're right. A lot of these guys are privileged. They have, to have this. They've been protected. You know, they have been given their bread, butter, jam every morning by their mom. And, you know, comes and kisses them and gives them badam. And, you know, drops them to school, picks up from school. They have a very sheltered life, most of these guys. Yeah. As a result of which, they feel that they can, they don't know what real the world is. And, that's, you know, I mean... Honestly, sometimes very well, and I feel really sad for them because the kind of social media pressure they have on them, you know, to be yeah. to always, you know, have the best food, have the best clothes, you know, travel in the best locations. My God, yeah, what kind of pressure they have. I mean, I really, honestly, uh, sometimes feel sad on them. I, Shagun and me have tried to keep our children very much to our best of our abilities under control, you know, to try to crown them always, try to, you know, say that life is just about that, Peter, and I think our children are shaping towards that, but I see some of the kids out there. My God, there is like so much pressure on them. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, uh, plus you know, uh, you have to look good always. Uh, you yeah. have to, you know, you know, especially among the among you know among the female sex. You know, the constant pressure to always have your best face out there. You can't, and that's so sad. Yeah, I mean, you stop playing, yeah. stop going out, they stop interacting. It's all on their phones. You know, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean. Really, really sad, honestly. You know, I think the problem is that everything's magnified hundredfold instantaneously, right? If it's good, it's massive. If it's bad, it's tremendously bad, right? It, because it happens with the instant connection of an internet-based um, platform. But another thing is also, I think it's easy to get irritated with these people, or these kids, because oh my God, they're so they're so frivolous, they're so privileged, they're so entitled. But as you said, man, I think the poor things they're, they're fucking hurting inside. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't know who they are. They don't know uh, what they need to be to be accepted. And it's a constant push and it's a constant reevaluation of why am I not getting validation? Why am I not being accepted for who I am? And then you go, who am I, right? Because if I'm this person, Facebook doesn't give me these many likes. If I'm this person, I'm yeah, getting more likes. It's such a it's, tough time to live in. It's so scary, man, you know. Yeah. Also, the kind of information they're getting, you know, they, they're getting bombarded with information, you know. Yeah. 
suddenly they get something like okay so and so so has happened and and they have to react to it they don't have yeah. knowledge they don't have prior knowledge they don't maybe not be having prior knowledge uh, that's one aspect to it but second thing also one thing i've encountered uh, you know uh, again i'm saying well, as an older guy in this industry and seeing a lot of smart kids out there really really smart you know excelling not in comedy generally i'm saying you know who yeah yeah of course fairly you know you know bred also i think they are you know growing up in a time which is much more better which is much more i would say woke you know because good also you know because when we were growing up we used to not you know think of anything we used to just say unfiltered things you know not knowing it would hurt people uh, yeah. uh, and even if it hurt we would say fuck it you know and that guy also would have been hurt and said chal fuck it you know everybody says that to me but now the world is unfair yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you have i have also so as a word is said uh, decluttered and you know unlearned or relearned or whatever hell that word is absolutely and, and learn back again so all that is a been a process of my journey and i thank stand up comedy for it because otherwise i would have been a you know simple businessman still selling computers somewhere without knowing many of these things which are you know politically right or not or you know correct to say or not say you know so comedy has taught yeah. me that and i thank comedy for that and i think it keeps you it, you know because it's something i felt like i've taken a bit of a break since my last show i put out it's just like i'm not thinking comedy right like in the sense there is a certain way you look at the world when you're thinking comedy when you want Absolutely. to put together material right and mm-hmm. i've just been really comfortable doing this and and i enjoy doing this like you know it it, it makes me happy and I, i hope it makes the people i'm talking to happy and gives me a sense of perspective of what they're going through in their lives and uh, also helps me learn about myself and maybe going mm, okay this is the way you think about things maybe um there's another person who thinks about it and maybe i'd like to hear their point of view and i really enjoy what they have to share like what you had to share just now about this this whole thing about when you make it us versus them or when you when you say you know i want to go for another comedian show not for the jokes but i want to learn other aspects there is everyone has something to bring to the table and i really like that opinion that 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 perspective that you have in life right that no one is uh, discounted for whatever reason that you might think they aren't really worth your time right but um it's interesting man because i think everyone wants attention as you said everyone wants to be heard everyone and the, the world encourages that kind of thing and it's a reward system right instant we want you to instantly react and you'll be punished or rewarded and what a fucked up way of living right yeah. but that, that that's the thing do you feel comedy uh this way of thinking constantly keeping your ears and eyes open to new opportunities it, it does it give you a sense of energy or does it at points do you feel you're constantly living for others no no man i i i i am very very energized every morning like today i was so excited waking up because i get to talk to you uh, you know then uh, i have something else going on in the uh, uh, evening so i i i i really enjoy this i am energized and i think you have to like i i when i was at my workplace in my corporate job i should tell all my employees you know every morning when you come to work are you happy you're coming to work or you're not happy yeah. if you wake up yeah. every morning and say oh fuck it yeah you know i don't want to go to work no yeah. for variety of reasons maybe your salary is not good maybe your job profile is not good maybe you stay very far away from office you don't travel to us to come to office i just say please change your job don't yeah. work but i want everybody working with me to wake up every morning and say can i go to do this today you know i want to do it and yeah. that's how you create a you know good team you know and you know that that's how you are motivated so i wake up every morning you know one of a little positive like i tell my sister is a psychiatrist uh, a very famous psychiatrist in mumbai dr anjali chabria and yeah. she used to tell she tells me you know one of the biggest thing in the pandemic this last two years the fact that you and me are still alive you know as simple as that you know that itself is 
a big high, you know. Yeah. A lot of people have lost, young people have lost their lives to this pandemic, you know. Yeah, and man. Every morning, she's saying, every morning, wake up and just thank God that you are alive. You know, because you yeah. can be one of them. You never know. You know, it was all over the place, right? I think gratitude is something I've learned. And I think this lockdown, in as, as devastating as it was and is for many people and for many families, I think ones who are lucky to survive and survive unharmed, I think we should count ourselves the lucky ones as uh, certain lessons were, were were shown to us. And if we were aware enough and I think um, open-minded enough, we should have picked it up. And I think not going back to our earlier patterns of living selfishly, trying to bring down others because we want to get up, all these silly things. And I think what you just said sort of captured that really well. And Okay, before before we close, Atul, what's so when is this tour happening, man? This um, no, again, thing which I'm you're going to take me my... along to open for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually now again started. Uh, we are we are again hopefully looking at you know July August or okay. that time frame again. Or since it, actually I was planned to again in March April now when this Omicron thing hit, so I didn't want to have uh, again one yeah. more sense of deja vu. So I said, fuck it, let things calm down, let you know, let yeah. the borders open fully now. Like enough is enough. You know, yeah. I don't know. And but 2022, I should be going back to the uh, to the US. I actually went for a small tour to UK in in November, end November. But okay. That also got hit by Omicron. So I had I was six shows I had planned, but last two shows I had to cancel because of the you know the the rules changed in UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the, when they got hit bad by Omicron. They got yeah. hit. Yeah. So then they start you know they started quarantining and all that. And I said fuck it, and I just did brought the six shows and I came back. Okay. Uh, again, lost money, so I didn't want to lose. But not as so, bad as the earlier times. No, so it's getting no, better. No, no, yeah, yeah, it's getting <laughs> losing less money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So that honestly, is, you know, the, in the pandemic, uh, you know, it's a question I heard you asking some other comedians on the podcast also. So I went very heavy on the online also. Obviously, I didn't mm. enjoy it, but I went very heavy on the online. It's like the pandemic hit us on 15th March, second April to 2020. I had announced my show on Zoom. You know. Mm. Uh, and I said, Fuck it, let's understand this technology. Let's understand this. How does it thing in work? In you know thing. I said, but you know, honestly, it's you and as a comedian, we know nothing like the live art form. Yeah. You know, for two years, uh, this got me. Through. I mean, I used to do shows. I did a whole lot of corporate shows. I made people play housey. Yeah. Play housey. Come on, you know. Ah, that is, here I lost my is that, is that is that where the hope or the or the or the seed was sown for Atul Katri, the comedian? <laughs> so I made people pay housing in the pandemic. I like did all kinds of shit. I oh, you said, did that now after yeah, yeah, this? In the pandemic. I thought you yeah, started yeah. like back in the day. Oh, no, no, oh fuck. No, no, okay. In the pandemic, some corporate came to me. Say, hey, we don't think that a comedy will work. I said, Yeah. Can you make? You make us play housey, and uh, <laughs> and with every That's number you amazing. say a joke. With every number you say a joke. I said, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> I had nothing to do. I had no shows. I said, yeah, let's do it. You know, and, yeah. uh, it was like two and three, twenty-three. The year I lost my virginity. Ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> so all that stupid things. You know, you went ahead and yeah. So, and your stupid I, works. I think people undermine stupid. I I laugh at stupid. I, I think it's stupid is good. Silly is good. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, I think that the pandemic gave us an opportunity also to, you know, to rise also to show that yeah. okay, the entire world changed. And it, and I thank you know that I got onto the bandwagon because it, earlier we all thought that's going to be the Wuhan model 100 days and then we'll all open up, you know. Yeah. 
but fucking got dragged for like you know two years. And yeah. I'm glad I went onto this online platform because I have done all kind of shows. You know, I have done yeah. recorded shows where you record your show yeah. and give it to them and they pay it at whatever time you don't know. I have done you know shows for eight people. I've done shows for six and a half thousand people online. I have nice. Done, you know. Nice. All kind of shows, in studio yeah. shows and things like that. Again, it has taught me because I think going ahead, you know, going ahead, maybe this hybrid model will come. Because corporates have realized that, you know, earlier they could only take 100 people to Goa. Now they can take all their 7,000 people for an online show. You know, kind of maybe 100 in Goa, the rest could be gamed on Zoom, the rest of the employees and things like that. And I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, you know, I, I feel that... Uh, uh, also, because thanks to that, I made some money in the pandemic. Otherwise, yeah. I, have, I have children, I have a wife, you know, uh, I need to, uh, I'm in a different stage of life. There is a fixed, you know, money which I have to bring to the table every month, you know. You know, and that's the thing, like when it comes to a corporate, I'm still okay because a corporate show, even in person, isn't always the best, right? Because there are certain rules and regulations that govern what you can say. So I think yeah. that's fine because you can always, and we, as comedians, I think we like something to blame. So if the online corporate show is not as good, you're like, yeah, they were on mute, they didn't laugh or whatever. We yeah, like yeah. excuses. But I think for me, I still haven't got to that place about my original sort of like the, 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 the stuff I really want to say. I, I still, I don't know if I can do it for with, with all the kind of, Thing because I really like the energy I feel in a room where I don't care about big rooms. I can never fill yeah, up a yeah. big room. So like even if it's 30 people, I like that thing to go off script. I like to feel that. And yeah. I don't. I just don't get the feedback uh, because of course I can't see what they, whether they're smiling or not. But yeah, And yeah. if they're on mute, I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? But yeah, I get yeah. exactly your point. Like you can sit and reach out to the world with this technology, which is I think frankly mind-blowing. Might not be the most conducive for... Um, you know, stand up, but it gets sometimes, you know, as you said, you, you can earn. And I, I felt the same way, like sitting, what I can sit here, I just have to wear a nice shirt and sit in my chuddies uh, and I can get paid. It's brilliant. Exactly. And, and uh, uh, you know, one thing we have to realize is one other thing which, you know, forgot to tell you, I think the line got cut and what is, you know, the learning I got from my business to comedy. One is thing is about money, you know, mm. it's about money. I think uh, you have to be finally you know find creativity and all that is beautiful you have mm. to work for that but at the end of it you have to pay your bills okay yeah and one of the things which i got i think uh, uh, which i also taught a lot of these younger comedians in eic about money about getting your money on time you know i used to remember we used to give credit unnecessarily okay just after the show i said why pay us before the show because you know that's, that's the norm you know yeah. so a lot of these things which, uh, 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 you know i got and i'm i'm really happy with that because uh, that's how it should be because otherwise I'm telling you the market outsiders wanted to take you for a ride. You give mm. a person one minute leeway, now they will they will take you for a ride. So you have to be very prudent, you know, uh, with your with your money, with your uh, uh, kind of uh, thing. Like honestly, in the pandemic, uh, one of the things was income obviously dropped, but actually if you look at it, even expenses dropped. You know, yeah. I would have filled my car fuel tank I think once in the last entire year because you are not going out. There was no yeah. dining out. There was no holidays. There was nothing. So we saved money because there was no extra. We were eating at home, you know, yeah. and everything was shut. So, yeah, even something is like, oh, I'm going to buy a nice dress, but where are you going to wear it, right? Like, exactly. I mean, you can yeah, feel. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and that's the thing about money, I, I find, right? Because I, I was in that thing going, fuck it, I'm here for the artist. Uh, I'm here for this thing. But very quickly, you realize that, oh, people take you for a ride, even within the comedy, uh, the comedians, right? Exactly. They're like, this guy will just spend money on us. And and the thing is, what, I, what, I, what, I, what cheeses me off is, Dude, if you spend and you are frivolous with your money, you know what you're doing with it. Okay, you'll you'll get burnt. But people, 
commenting on that, then taking advantage of you. And then when they have the money, they don't even, you know, they, they, they're so sort of tight-fisted. They don't want to help anyone. Or I'm not saying help, like, you know, bring them up and take care of them and sponsor them. But I'm saying the generosity uh, doesn't have to mean that you have to be a miser, right? You can be, you can be, you can be nice. You can, you can buy a person a drink here. You can, you, could, you don't have to, um, one say, one side say, I, I hate money and other side not spend it at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I a very weird thing. It. Yeah, so I think it is very important to keep your money in check to, you know, see whether nobody's taking for a ride. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, I think it's also a very important part of it. Otherwise, you know, uh, uh, there's no point of doing the art unless, you know, then you're going to die as a pauper. There's no, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's no point in it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's always something I, I think I think about, right? You always hear this, you hear about the stories from the of the rags to the riches. You never hear of the people who remain in the rags, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you have, I mean, end of the day, yeah, man. I I, I I salute people who can balance both, who can be authentic to their art and also have enough money to live. Now, Mr. Atul Kathri, I think you um, and your approach to life and approach to comedy is something I find truly fantastic, and I'm very lucky to call you a friend. Thanks for agreeing to do this and all the best, man, with your special, with the tour. And I hope there's no further, uh, you know, <laughs> dates being postponed and uh, things going haywire. So all the best with that. And Dave, lots of love to your wife and to kids. talk to you and all the best for your near future and the good news which you're going to give us in May. Yeah, man. And uh, regards and love to your family, man. Cheers, brother. Thank you so much. And I'll Take talk care. to you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.